0: My name is Michelle Friedman, and I'm here on staff at KGF. I'd invite you to sign up for our newsletter on Thursdays uh, so you can find out what's going on here. You can go to kgfchurch.com and scroll to the bottom to sign up for that. It's the long weekend this Monday, and so we will be here to accept uh, drop-offs or donations on Tuesday instead from 9 to 12 in the morning. We just want to say thank you so much, KGF Church, for your ongoing partnership uh, with us and the ministries we run here. I also invite you to our next KGF in conversation, that is Tuesday, August 11th, from 3:30 to 4:30 here in the Hub where I stand today. Um, it's a chance for you to learn our vision around uh, hubs for us to answer any questions you might have and to learn how you can get involved. Uh, And finally, Impact is having a picnic this week. So if that's part of your group, you can find all the details on Thursday, last Thursday's newsletter. Thank you so much.
1: Well, good day, everybody, and welcome to KGF from our living room to yours. Welcome. My name is Glenn, and with me today is on the piano is Joel. Glad that you took the time to dial in today, but I guess we don't use those words anymore dial in. I guess we have to be contemporary and say, Glad that you are connected with us today and that you are online. We're going to dive in right away, and I uh, just want to, wherever you are in your home today, like to uh, read these verses together from Romans 12, verse 1. Let's read this together. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I've been uh, reading a lot in 2 Chronicles 6, and that's where these next two songs come from. And they're quite powerful songs, as they speak to the human nature and the character of God to love and forgive and welcome back it seems that human nature it seems that human nature is to wander away from god but when we come to our senses he is always there to welcome us back as we cry out to him in heaven the temple that king solomon built was to be a place for god to dwell in but now through jesus god dwells in us and his glory is to be revealed through us so his name can become famous in the whole world let's sing this song from second chronicles 6 hear us from heaven Okay. from heaven hear us from heaven. Hear us from heaven. Mm. hear us from heaven 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 cry out in desperation because only God is the way. He is the way to truth and the way to life. It wasn't until a sacrifice was made that God's glory filled the temple. 22,000 bulls and 120,000 goats and sheep were sacrificed to the Lord to dedicate the temple. But now through Jesus' sacrificial death and resurrection, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. An animal sacrifice was an external sacrifice for an internal problem. My question for us today is what internal sacrifice do we have to make so that God's glory can fill our human temples where he now dwells? A sacrifice had to be made first, and then God's glory came. And then it says in Second Chronicles chapter 7, And they fell down to the ground, saying, He is good, he is good, and his love endures forever. God that you are a good father, that you are the same today, yesterday, and forever. Lord, thank you that you are our good, good father. Thank you that when we go astray, that you are always, always there for us, no matter where we go, either physically or in our mind or spiritually. Thank you that you are always welcoming us back. You always have your arms open wide, and you accept us and take us just as we are. Thank you that there is now no condemnation for those who are in you. We can come boldly before your throne. We can sit by you. We can talk to you. We can, more importantly, listen to you. Thank you,
2: Father, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks to uh, Glenn and to Joel for worship. Uh, Hey there, KGF Church family. It's been a while, hasn't it? Uh, For those of you who don't know me, I am Pastor Levi, and I've been away for about a year and a half, uh, just taking time to heal and recover after a breakdown that I had uh, last year. It's something that I I do plan to talk with you about, I promise. Uh, We'll talk about it in more detail someday soon, but that day is not today. Though I do want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for your prayers, for how you have supported us as a church family, not only through prayer, but financially uh, as well, for not forgetting about me, for not forgetting about my family. The faithfulness of this church has been uh, a witness to our kids especially, and so, with all of my heart, I want to say thank you, and God bless you, all of you. Today, I get to talk to you from God's Word about Jesus. I get to talk to you from, from God's Word about God's Word. And I, I love that we're reading Mark's Gospel together. For those of you who know me, you know that Mark's Gospel is one of my favorite Gospels. It is my, probably my favorite book in Scripture. It's, uh, it's, I talk about every chance I get. I know that if you go on our website right now, you can actually look at some of our deeper classes that I recorded uh, several years back now. Uh, If you want to go deeper into Mark, I invite you to join us there. Um, It's a good time. Today, I want to talk about uh, a funny and misunderstood bit of scripture from the Gospel of Mark. It's from Mark chapter 8, verses 22 and 26. Uh, If you'll open your Bibles with me, we can read this together. I'll read it here. I encourage you to follow along. Mark chapter 8, verses 22 to 26. They came, that is Jesus and the disciples, they came to Bethsaida. And some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see. People They look like trees walking around. So once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes, and then his eyes were opened, and his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And Jesus sent him home, saying, don't even go into the village. Don't tell anyone. Now, this is a very confusing little piece of scripture. It's the only place where Jesus... Uh, isn't simply able to heal a person at the first touch, which has led to all sorts of wild and frankly unfounded and destructive theologies of faith healings and the like. Then there's the added detail of the man seeing people, but not clearly. They're like trees walking around. He's obviously confused. There's the detail, to us it seems a bit gross, spitting on the man's eyes, but in Jesus' day, that was actually pretty common practice expected from a healer but to us it's a bit weird nowadays and probably the strangest thing for us and it happens throughout mark's gospel it's a recurring theme is jesus injunction to the man to be silent don't even go into the village don't let anybody see what has happened to you now this isn't the only story about blindness in our bibles Luke's Gospel has the disciples on the road to Emmaus, and they're not really blind, but they can't see Jesus when he's right in front of him. He has to open their eyes for them to see him and recognize who he is after the crucifixion. Acts tells a story, too, about uh, Jesus striking Paul blind and Paul having his eyes opened and seeing clearly. But Mark's gospel was written before both of those accounts, and the position of this story in the gospel, not to mention its details, make it kind of unique. You see, stories like this one, uh, this one in our gospels, they aren't meant to stand alone. They're a part of a a whole gospel narrative. And Mark had a reason for telling his story in this way and at this moment in his account of Jesus. The story is both an ending and a beginning. See, Mark's gospel can be split right down the middle in chapter 8. Chapter 8 is where things take a turn and Mark begins to unpack Jesus a little bit differently from chapters, from chapter 8 verse 27 and on. And the overlap of these two sections end and begin with our passage this morning. It's an important passage in Mark's gospel. See, up to this point, and especially in chapter six, Jesus has been increasingly frustrated with the disciples' confusion and misunderstandings. Sorry, I should say, beginning in chapter six, right up to the present, Jesus has been increasingly frustrated with the disciples' confusion and misunderstandings. They've seen him perform miracles, they've seen him walk on water, they've seen him calm the seas not once, but twice. He's fed multitudes of people, again, not once, but twice. In fact, it's after the second feeding miracle told at the beginning of chapter 8 that Jesus overhears them chatting with one another. He's just told them to beware of the influence of the Pharisees and Herod, and confused, they think he's commenting about the apparently persistent lack of bread on their part. So Jesus, exasperated, says in Mark Mark 8, 17 to 18, he says, Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts Hardened, and after describing the disciples as blind for the first time in this gospel mark then transitions and tells the story of a blind man whose blindness is stubborn persistent and needs to be addressed twice now Gospels it should be remembered are intent on answering one key question and that is who is Jesus who was this man? And their answer is consistent, gospel to gospel, Jesus Christ was and is God among us. But that raises another question, just as important as the first. If Jesus was God among us, then what does that mean God is like? What has Jesus revealed to us about who God is and what he is like? Well, immediately following this story of the blind man who needed a second touch, Jesus will ask his disciples in verses, 20, uh, verses 27 and 30, who do you say that I am? Peter does see something, a flash of insight based on his journey with Jesus thus far. He says, you are the Christ. And that first stage of healing is obviously complete. Peter sees, but we realize pretty quickly that he doesn't see clearly clearly. There's more yet to be done as Peter will rebuke Jesus only a few sentences later for saying that he, the son of man, has to suffer and die. Peter says, nope, not on my watch. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. All in a manner of sentences. Peter sees Jesus, but not clearly. Jesus is more than simply the Messiah, and he doesn't have the traditional conquering narrative. See, he is also God among us, and the character of God is revealed in the suffering and death of Jesus on the cross. Not only does this self-sacrifice reveal the character of God, but it also displays the power of God, power made perfect in weakness, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians. The power of God in Christ is not like that of Herod, power by way of position. Think of our political leaders today or... Uh, our bosses, our managers. It's not even the power of the Pharisees, power by way of persuasion. No, it's power made perfect in love. God's power is self-giving love. In fact, this is actually why Jesus, in Mark's gospel, is constantly telling people to keep what he has done for them a secret. He does it again at the end of our passage. Jesus' identity, Mark is telling us, cannot be fully known until after his death and resurrection. Up to this point, Jesus has performed miracle after miracle. But Mark is saying, if all you know is Jesus the wonder worker, then you do not know Jesus. You only know Jesus and the character of God revealed in Christ when you know Jesus Christ crucified. Mark's Gospel tells the story of another blind man being healed, blind Bartimaeus in chapter 10, and it's a story that shows up after Jesus has spent chapters 8, 9, and 10 unpacking what it means that the Son of Man must die, that the first will be last, that we must be like little children placing their trust unreservedly in God our Father, that it is impossible for the rich and powerful to enter heaven without God's gracious action. And after this lengthy unpacking of the kingdom, of of what the kingdom of God is like, in light of Jesus' impending death on the cross, blind Bartimaeus is healed by Jesus. There's no stubborn blindness here. He sees clearly. He recognizes Jesus and he follows him. You know, in Mark, If you're paying attention it's only the demons who know who jesus is they know clearly they know right out of the gate and they are terrified the human characters in this gospel however do not recognize jesus they recognize him as a messiah sure but they don't recognize that he is more than a simple messiah he is god incarnate Among them in fact the only human who recognizes Jesus recognizes him at the end of the gospel and it's the Roman centurion who is standing it should be noted at the foot of the cross and he looks up and he says when he saw how Jesus died he says in mark 15 38 surely this man was the son of God It is only if you know Jesus Christ crucified that you can see Jesus clearly, that you can understand the character of God. As for the disciples, they weren't able to see things clearly until after Easter, after Jesus' resurrection, when God graciously opened their eyes to the full truth of who Jesus was and what he accomplished through his ministry and death on the cross. Like the blind man in our passage this morning, 8.22-26, Peter and the disciples needed a second touch from Jesus before they were able to see clearly. And I wonder, I wonder if perhaps we don't all need Jesus to place his hands on us, his healing hands on us again, if we don't all need a second touch. The realities and the hardships of life can distort our vision. They can distort our hearing. They can distort our understanding. And before we know it, we're looking around God's kingdom and we see people, but they look like trees walking. We don't see clearly. What we need is for God to open our eyes again. We think that we can see clearly when actually we view ourselves, our our place in the world, our calling as something muddled and confused. We need a second touch. We need to be graciously reminded of who Jesus is and the radical implications of that confession. And of course, I am not talking about um, Jesus' saving act not being sufficient. I'm talking about our journey through the already of Jesus' victory and the not yet of our experience of him uh, in relationship, perfect relationship, In heaven right now we are walking still in a fallen but being restored creation and that can be hard we can have an unhealthy and unhelpful view of ourselves we can have a dangerous view of our neighbors and this matters immensely to us because if God's character has been revealed on the cross in his self-giving love We need to pay attention because what this book tells us, what God tells us through his word, what he reminds us of is that we are made in his image. We are called to look like him. We are the body of Christ. As a community and individually, we are called to look like Jesus in the world. But what if we are like that blind man who's blindness is stubborn and persist maybe our blindness comes back and we need jesus to touch us again jesus walks with us still by the power of the holy spirit the helper as john says who would lead us into truth i think it's important to ask jesus this morning what he seeks to do in your life what jesus is trying to help you see to see for your sake, for the sake of his people, for the sake of your neighbor. What does the present power of Jesus seek to do in your life? Where is he desiring to open your eyes and let you see clearly? We're gonna sing another song together. I hope you do sing at home. But before we get to that, I wanna pray together. Join me. Heavenly Father, this morning, we come to you in repentance. Father, we repent for those times where we have willfully closed our eyes to what you have called us to be, to what you have called us to do or to say, what you've asked us to ask. Father, we repent for those times where we didn't even know we were doing something wrong, but we closed our eyes to your will and to your grace. And Father, we also come before you helpless to the fact that this world wears on us. It is hard. And we aren't up for the challenge all the time. But you are the God of all creation, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and you have conquered death. And so we come before you in repentance and with hopeful expectation of what you will open our eyes to today to this week and the months to come god we ask that you would bless us in this way in your holy name amen amen let's sing together
1: amazing grace how sweet the sound grace that saved a rich like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind. I'd like you to sing without us. Here we go. Keep on singing. are 10000
3: Good morning, everyone. Uh, thanks for being a part of our uh, worship time this morning. We're focusing today on being a gospeling people, engaging the city that God has placed us in for such a time as this. Um, excited to have Phil Wattman here. Phil is a member of KGF. He and his wife, Catherine. And Phil serves with Kelowna Gospel Mission, one of our mission and ministry partners. Welcome, Phil. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's great to see you this morning. Um, really glad that you've taken time for this and really have such a high respect for the work that you and the whole team does down there at the gospel mission serving the marginalized uh, of our community could you tell me a little bit because this is it's always um, is wonderful to for me to hear is how how did God's call for you to serve the marginalized come about how did God stir this in you because you've been there how long
4: uh, 11
3: years. Yeah, so that's um, a long
4: time. For myself, you know, looking back, I would say it was probably a life journey. Um, when I was young, I kind of a uh, member of the Salvation Army Church. So I was an Army brat and uh, in Edmonton, and they had, uh, you know, a, um, a rehab center, and I would always go there, and it it's like, oh, this is not the place I would want to work. <laughs> and then uh, I went to Bible college, and uh, there was a lot of, you know, um, information that I loved, uh, but... In the end, I said, well, what am I going to do about it? And there's a lot of wow. stuff about, you know, helping the poor and, and what is the poor. And eventually it came to that moment where God led me to the gospel mission through life events. Wow. Were there, were there
3: any, like, key scriptures or, like, just kind of even moments that just were that kind of clarity around what am I going to do about this, that that just kind of, like burned in you
4: uh key scriptures uh hard to pick one out i mean one of the ones i love um is uh the luke story where um uh, jesus takes uh um, matthew to dinner and there's a little bit of two camera angles and, and you see luke he says uh the tax collectors and others and then the pharisees come along and they say well what is jesus doing with the sinners right? And so there's two views. I mean, for Luke, it was just people. Uh, For the Pharisees, it was sinners. And and this idea of Jesus was inside eating food, touching food with what the Pharisees uh, deemed as unclean. And so for them, the Pharisees were actually outside of the circle of Jesus or the circle of God because they didn't want to enter into the the relationship with people that were Um, considered less than them. Wow. So that's one of them.
3: Wow. That's a that's a spirit that's a spirit of God insight, right? That is those are the moments that transform us. Wow. Thank you. Um uh what's your role at Kelowna Gospel Mission?
4: I am the manager of emergency services. Uh that's a fancy name for a shelter manager.
3: <laughs> well it sound it sounds like it's got its moments and uh one of the things I'd love to talk about and here we are in the middle of summer 2020 living in the shadow and the reality of covid trying to remember what life was like before this but if we go back not that far um, this year even into the early part of this year the end of 2019 homelessness was this massive issue here in Kelowna we had the Leon avenue right outside the Kelowna gospel mission building just like that street was full and now we're here in the midst of covid what has give us a picture of what this moment in time is like as a ministry serving this population now?
4: Well, I mean, if you thought think back to you know it's less than a year ago, it it was crazy because we had just people lined up on the street with tents, and uh, you know. Th- to exacerbate it, you know, we had the fentanyl crisis where, where people were overdosing and so staff were constantly having to uh, attend to people that uh, needed, uh, you know, uh, naloxone. And and that caused the, uh, you know, kind of post-traumatic stress for, I guess, you know, some of the staff, you know, always mm-hmm. have to be in that emergency service provider. And, you know, as soon as COVID hit, we, we had one decision that we had to make and it was like, who are we going to protect? and we had to protect those within our shelter that called Gospel Mission Home. And so it it meant closing down kind of to the general public and uh, bringing that, you know, it has brought more of a community because now we're not attending the constant emergency after emergency, but we're actually able to one-on-one with those within our shelter. And mm. so it, it has built a sense of community and for especially for those that have, you know, mental health issues, we had people that didn't talk. And now that, you know, the mission's kind of quieter to those that use the shelter as, as, as a res, residence, um, those individuals have, in, they're able to kind of come out of their shell. Mm. And we've had individuals that, you know, began to start talking, you know, and started working with caseworkers and, and, and doing different stuff like that.
3: Wow. it's interesting. So, so new kinds of transformation and wholeness happening? Yes. Yeah, wow. That's really interesting in uh, the midst of this moment. Is there, um, talk about the fentanyl thing a little bit, because the you know, even Dr. Bonnie Henry just a few months ago said that there's been more overdose deaths in BC in the last few months than there were COVID deaths <laughs> or COVID-related yeah. deaths. Give us a little picture of what we, as the people of God, need to be aware of, know about, pray about in the midst of this.
4: Well, when people think of fentanyl, I, I, I think they think it's restricted to those that are homeless or those that are out on the street. Uh, but really, it's it's people in our lives. And a lot of, you know, the overdose uh, deaths uh, are happening behind closed doors of houses. And and. And a hidden habit. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it takes communication and and building and and trust for that person to say, hey, you know, I have an issue. And so, yeah, it's hard to say.
3: Wow. I mean, reflecting back on that scripture that you mentioned earlier, like where it was Jesus, the disciples and others, and what it takes for us to be a people who see just others, right? Yeah. we see people... Uh, this is your work every day. Um, how does this How does this impact how you drive around the city? Your work, your faith. Uh, You're a dad. Mm-hmm. How does How does all this combine Combine to impact the way you even drive about the city and what you see going on around us?
4: That's a hard question. Um. I don't know the answer to that That's one.
3: That's all right. I was, I'm, I'm, it's totally good because it's it's challenging me. Your words are challenging me as I think about that, because uh, uh, your call is bound up in all of these things, and I'm, I'm guessing that you would see things that I wouldn't by the nature of how you uh, work and see see this community. So, um, say a little bit to us about uh, as Kelowna Gospel Fellowship Church kgm is one of our um, mission partners one of our ministry partners in the city we love kelowna gospel mission but what does it mean for us as a church now an individual a family a household small kgf hubs that we might have what does it look like for us now to be there with you partners with you what do you need
4: oh well you know i guess going back to that that luke versa where where they're having dinner um it's about building relationship with those people and it's you know not this idea of uh drive by compassion and uh we get that a lot during christmas time i mean right now there's uh, there's less because you know it's not the season for uh you know that stuff and where it's like they come they give out the stuff and then they go but Jesus calls when, when we are serving the poor, whoever that poor may be to us, that it's it's not drive-by. It's entering into a deep relationship. And even in compassion, it's a walking alongside someone in suffering. Um, so it it's not thinking of the quick-fix band-aid solution, mm. uh, but it, it's entering a relationship. Oh, that's good.
3: So if people want to walk alongside and learn from KGM, but also, you know, maybe join and partner. What's the best way? They just email the email the K- Kelowna Gospel Mission office. Well, or...
4: Sonia is our volunteer director. Um, and so I think it's sonia at KelownaGospelMission.ca um, that you can contact her. Awesome.
3: Phil, thanks so much. Really appreciate this. Thank you for challenging me. And church, as we think about engaging this city and uh, being a gospeling people, a people of good news and God's shalom, um, let's see the others. Let's be compassionate with the others. Let's get to know them. Phil's challenged us, lives this way. And so uh, thank you again, Phil. And church, let's be the people of God.
2: So we have been ending these times together by leaving you with a question to talk about with each other to phone a friend about, to talk about with your family or in a life group or in a hub. I think the point I hope you're catching on here is that we want you to be a church that is in conversation with each other, however you can accomplish that during this uh, season of COVID-19 and social distancing. So here is the question that I would love if you would wrestle with this week. What does the present power of Jesus seek to do in your life? And what is Jesus trying to help you see for your sake and the sake of his people and for your neighbor? I hope that you can chew on that and wrestle with that this week. Uh, I hope that you recognize that this is also an invitation into prayer. This is not trying to find your blind spot. This is turning to God and saying, show me where I am blind because I can't see it and I don't know. As we close, I want to read a blessing for you all. KGF family, may the peace of the Lord Christ go with you, wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storm. May he bring you home one day. One day we will all be together in this building again. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors god bless you
0: my name is michelle friedman and i'm here on staff at kgf i'd invite you to sign up for our newsletter on thursdays uh, so you can find out what's going on here you can go to kgfchurch.com and scroll to the bottom to sign up for that it's the long weekend this monday And so we will be here to accept uh, drop-offs or donations on Tuesday instead from 9 to 12 in the morning. We just want to say thank you so much, KGF Church, for your ongoing partnership uh, with us and the ministries we run here. I also invite you to our next KGF in Conversation. That is Tuesday, August 11th from 3.30 to 4.30 here in the Hub where I stand today. Um... It's a chance for you to learn our vision around uh, hubs, to, for us to answer any questions you might have and to learn how you can get involved. Uh, and finally, Impact is having a picnic this week. So if that's part of your group, you can find all the details on Thursday, last Thursday's newsletter. Thank you so much.